You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. How many of you have watched Ghostbusters? One of the great 80s movies. You have a team of four guys, one that's witty and one that's funny and one that has a few muscles and and one that's really smart. And they're trying to save the world from this big bad ghost named Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man. And there's a line in the movie that I'll never forget. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Some of you remember the music uh, in this movie. And at the end of the movie, they end up conquering. They end up saving the world from Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man. And then they end up eating big giant s'mores. We've been in a series called 80s Movies. And last week we looked at Karate Kid and we talked about the need to have a mentor, a Mr. Miyagi in our life, that we need to have people that guide us. We need some wise people, and we also need to look for people that we can pour our lives into. And I will tell you, I'll give you a sneak peek. Next week, we're going to talk about Top Gun and the need to have a wingman or a wingwoman, someone that we trust. And in this series, it really is about the need for community. We need people in our life. Especially after going through COVID, I think that we've realized the importance of community. And today we're going to talk especially about how we need a team. We need a tribe. We need a family. And as a church, we try to be focused on creating opportunities for you to be a part of this family. We want you to be involved. We want you to feel a part. We believe that life is done better in circles than in rows. Well, we believe that we need people around us that we can discuss life with, that can hold us accountable, that will pray with us, that will cry with us, that will cheer us on in life. That's one of the reasons why we have our small group ministry called Life Groups. We need people to do life with. When when things get tough, we need people in our life group to come along with us and, and pray with us and encourage us. And when life is good, we need people that's going to celebrate and throw a party with us. And so as a church, community is so important. We want to remind you that you are not to do life alone. In fact, the Bible gives several examples of this, starting in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. And God speaking to Adam, he says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. 
I will make a helper who is just right for him. And then God creates this beautiful woman named Eve. And can you just imagine when Eve woke up and saw this beautiful woman? And they end up spending time in the garden with God. And you see community from the very beginning. That God created us for community to, to have people in our life. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, In the multitude of counselors there is safety. In the multitude of counselors there's safety. We need a team. We need a tribe. We need a family. We need people in our life. And when we have a team, they can give us wisdom and they can give us guidance. I know that when I did things on my own, that's when I tended to make my biggest mistakes in life. Proverbs 26, 12 says, Only fools trust what they think alone is right. Only fools trust what they think alone is right. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 2 we'll see that there's a paralyzed man. And in the ancient world, that meant most of his life was going to be lived on a mat. Someone was going to have to feed him, was going to have to carry him wherever he went. They were going to have to clothe him. And they were going to have to move him and, and help him with any bed sores that he might have. They were going to have to clean up after him. He was never going to know that sense of independence that we all like to have. And nothing could be done medically like there is today. No surgeries, no rehab, no treatment centers. Anyone in this man's condition had to basically become a beggar. He had to lay by the side of the road hoping that someone would drop a, a few coins in his, in his cup. And this man has no money, no job, no influence, no family. Doesn't it seem like he has much of a future? Yeah, but what he does have is he has a team. He has a tribe. He has a family. He has some friends that care about him. And these friends, they, they hear that there's this guy named Jesus that's preaching in this house. And, and Jesus is known for healing people. And so they come and they are carrying their friend on this mat and they're trying to get in and it's too crowded because Jesus is a rock star. Everyone wants to be around Jesus. They can't get in with their friend. And so they come up with an idea. They say, well, you know what? Let's go up to the roof. And next thing you know, they're hauling their friend on this mat up onto the roof and they end up cutting into the roof. I don't know whose house it was, but can you imagine? They were probably pretty upset. Next thing you know, I mean, these guys got saws and they got their chainsaw going and cutting a big square in there because it's got to fit a whole mat. And if you're inside the house, can you just imagine the dirt and the dust all of a sudden coming down right in the middle of Jesus teaching? Next thing you know, this man, this paralyzed man comes down on a mat in front of Jesus and Jesus ends up healing him. We all need a team like this, right? People that says, you know what, no, no matter what you go through in life, I'm going to be there for you. There's no obstacle too big. I, I'm here, I'm going to figure out a way. I may not have the answer, but maybe someone else on the team does. That's so important when it comes to having community in our life. 
We need others. We need their ideas. We need their guidance. We need their help. We need their encouragement. We need their prayers. When I was thinking about who had an awesome team, I began to think about Jesus. If anyone could do life alone, it was Jesus. He was perfect. But guess what? Jesus decided that he wasn't going to do life alone. He could do ministry alone. He could live life alone. But instead, he called 12 apostles. That, that was his team. That was his tribe. That was his little mini family that he had. Matthew chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and turn there. And starting at verse 1, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And here are the names of the 12 apostles. You had Simon, also called Peter. You had Andrew, who was Peter's brother. You had James, the son of Zebedee. You also had John, James's brother, which meant he was also the son of Zebedee. You had Philip and Bartholomew. You had Thomas. You had Matthew, the tax collector. You had James, the son of Alphas, not the son of Zebedee. You had Thaddeus. You had another Simon, Simon the Zealot. And then you also had Judas, who later betrayed Jesus. Jesus had community in his life. He had a team that he lived with, that he taught, that he invested in, that he ministered to. And they laughed, and they probably cried, they ate together, and they lived life. And what I find interesting about Jesus' team is it was so diverse. You had Simon Peter, who was constantly putting his foot in his mouth. He kind of reminds me of kind of like that big mouth relative that just didn't have a filter. I mean, Peter was bold, but a lot of times he said things before he even thought about it. You, you had James and John called the sons of thunder. I mean, they, they had some anger issues. And then they also had their mom come and say, hey, can, can my precious sons, uh, can, can they sit on your right and your left, the most honored positions? And so, so you had some of that going on. You had Thomas the doubter, and then you also had Judas, the treasurer who was stealing and who later ended up betraying Jesus. You had Matthew, a tax collector, who's also known as Levi. And he had to be suspect, or he kind of, the, the apostle had to kind of look at him a little cautiously. And maybe some of the fishermen, James and John, Peter and Andrew, maybe Matthew collected some taxes from them. And most likely if he did, he probably tried to cheat them. And, and next thing you know, here they are all living together, all following Jesus. You had this man who was working for the Roman government, this traitor to God's people. And now all of a sudden he's part of this group of people. And then on the opposite end, you had Simon the Zealot. Uh, who uh, many would, or who uh, was part of a, a Jewish uh, political faction that was determined to overthrow the Roman government. And so you had Matthew on one end of the spectrum and you had Simon on the other end of the spectrum. And can you just imagine if you were a fly on the wall with all the discussions between those two? One who is work, or who worked for the Roman government, and another who was trying to overthrow the Roman government. But you, you just have to love the team that Jesus had. 
They're simple guys. None of them probably had their PhDs. Some of them were fishermen, and you had a tax collector, and you had a thief, and you had a zealot, and, and you just have a wide variety of characters. And not a lot of people would have chosen them, but they were Jesus' team. And, and guess what? When I look at CHCC, I see diversity. We have young and old. We have middle-aged. We have people from a wide variety of backgrounds, spiritual backgrounds, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, you name it. Politically, we have people in our church from all across the spectrum, on the right and on the left and in the middle, and some don't care. Some of you uh, were raised in San Antonio, and some of you uh, came to San Antonio as fast as you could, and some of you are just passing through. Some of you have kids, and some of you don't, and some of you want to have kids, and some of you are ready to get rid of your kids. We, we have a wide variety of, of people in our church. And I love that. And, and one of the things that's so special about the community, the family here, is that we can be united in Christ. And Satan, Satan, he would love for us to just see all of our differences. He, he would love to see how we disagree on spiritual things. Maybe when we're studying the Bible, we see things one way and another way. He would love to point that out. And he'd love to point out how we have a lot of differences politically or how we have differences in the way that we raise our kids. Or our, he might want to point out how we think differently about COVID. Satan would love to just uh, throw that out and, and try to get us not to be unified. But what I see in Scripture and what I see time and time again is that community is so important, that we have to fight for it, that we've got to do everything that we can. And, and Satan doesn't want us to have community, and, and here's why. Community is God's answer to loneliness. Community is God's answer to loneliness. Satan knows if you're lonely that it's going to be a whole lot, it's going to be easy for you to give into temptation. And so when you're lonely and when you don't have that community, uh, guess what? Satan's like, man, that's a prime target. Community is also God's answer to fatigue. Satan knows that when you're tired, when you're doing everything on your own, when you don't have a family, when you don't have a tribe to depend on, to help you out, again, he's like, ripe pickings. I, I can go after this person, they'll, and they'll fall for temptation really easy. Community is God's answer to defeat. Even when we fall down, even when we mess up, even when we blow, blow it, when we have community, guess what? We have those people picking us up and encouraging us and praying for us, giving us a second and a third and a fourth chance. Community is God's answer to despair. Community reminds us that when we're walking through the fire, that we're not walking alone. We have other brothers and sisters walking with us. That God is with us. Community is God's answer to fear. We've had a lot of fear this past year. We've had a lot of big bad ghosts. But when we have community with us, when we have that tribe of people, when we have a team, we're reminded that we don't live by a spirit of fear, but by faith. Satan does not want you in community. He wants you to go and do your own thing. He wants you to be by yourself. He wants friction to be in the body of Christ. He wants friction to be in your family. He wants friction in your marriage. He wants friction everywhere. Because he knows that community, when we have community, it's so powerful and so strong. 
And, and as a church, I want us, I want us to be so unified that we're a reflection to the world of where people can come together that are so different, but at the same time, we can get along and we say, you know what, this is my family. We're, we have diversity, but we're unified. Galatians 3 says, for you are all children of God through faith, through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been uni united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And in Christ, we become one. We couldn't do it on our own, but in Christ, we become one. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for showing us love. Thank you for unifying us despite all of our differences. Thank you for bringing us together. I pray that we will remember you in your precious holy name. Amen. I, I want to give you a, a few next steps, a few challenges to, to think about this week. I want you to list the members of your team. Who, who would say that, who would you say that's a part of your team? And maybe it's your parents, or maybe it's your uncle, or maybe it's a friend, or maybe it's some people here in our Castle Hills community, uh, part of our faith community, part of our church, part of this big family that we have. Secondly, who, what, who can you add to your team that you might think different, that who might have some different beliefs? Well, we want to make sure that we have a diversified team, just like Jesus' team did. The apostles were widely different. But even though they were different, they could be unified because they were following him. And, and thirdly, is there anyone that you need to mend a relationship with and make part of your team? Is, is there anyone that you need to make, mend a relationship and make part of your team?